There are many troubling questions swirling around right now in the light of this frightening pandemic. What have we done to deserve this? Have we gotten too confident in our invincibility as a species? Are we being punished for being terrible to one another and destroying the earth? Is God mad at humanity? Often we assume that if something bad happens, it's deserved. We did something terrible to earn it. And sometimes that can even give us a false bravado. If I am a good Christian person, if I have enough faith, I'll be fine. But the first three confirmed cases of COVID-19 in our county were two parishioners and their pastor. Good, faithful folks from a church in our presbytery. Their faith did not protect them from the disease. They are all recovering from it. Um, And we are grateful for that. But what a hardship for our siblings in faith over in that congregation on the other side of town. What a trying, dark time in the life of a good, faithful community. Their faith did not protect them from the disease. Friends, things will get worse before they get better. Even when contact restrictions and isolations and quarantines are lifted, we're going to be facing the impact of people having lost wages during this time, small businesses struggling and closing because of the lost business and income during this time. We are going to face, not just as a region or a nation, but globally, we are going to face huge economic consequences from this. The American church has been allowed by the stability of our country to be pretty ho-hum about things for quite some time, but the rug just got pulled out from under us. Our faith has to have some role other than protecting us from the disease and injustice and hardship in the world. Because if the role of faith is to protect us from those things, it's worthless. It's not doing its job. The first thing asked of Jesus about the blind man in our passage from John today is what did his parents do wrong? There is an assumption That the man's parents had sinned, and that is why they had a blind son. But Jesus tells them that it is not their lack of faith that blinded their son. Sometimes people are just born blind. It's not about the blind man's sins or the sins of his parents. This poor man was pushed to the edges of society because of his disability. People with disabilities are still today pushed to the margins in a multitude of ways, and it was way worse in Jesus' time. 
It's not the blind man's fault he was stuck in the margins. He and his parents did nothing wrong to make him blind and marginalized. It's easier to accept someone's ill fate if they deserved it somehow. It's harder to wrestle with it when they just got the short end of the stick by no fault of their own. We love it when the bad guy in a book or a movie gets what's coming to him. What we don't like is when the good, kind, or innocent character suffers. My aunt and I recently found a website called www.doesthedogdie.com. You can go there before watching a movie to avoid movies with a dog's death in them. The worst thing I can think of in a movie is when the dog dies. Because the dog never deserves it. Now, Jesus always approaches the situation differently than anyone else around him. In today's passage, everyone is focused on how the man went blind. But Jesus is focused on how to make him better. Jesus is asking us to stop trying to see God and God's role in the bad thing. Jesus says, look for God in the healing. And this particular healing in John 9 is unexpected and strange in a couple of different ways. First, Jesus is healing on the Sabbath. This is a day of no work, no work at all. But here is Jesus working. On top of that, the way that Jesus heals this man is that he spits to make some mud, smears it on the man's face. It is a very weird way to heal someone. It has no precedent or research or plan. Jesus just does it. He just lives in the moment and heals this guy in a weird way on a day when he was supposed to be sitting still and meditating on God's word. I think we need to try that too. Not spitting and slapping mud on people. In fact, I'm going to tell you to absolutely never do that. This is one of the few times you will ever hear me tell you to not do what Jesus does. But we need to try moving forward toward healing in unexpected and new ways. Well-known uh, writer and pastor Nadia Boltz Weber posted a video the other day that brought me to tears. And I'll post a link to it on the church blog. She talked about the biblical image of God as a mother hen sheltering her chicks. Hens are there to protect and comfort their chicks. But a hen can't fight off a fox or a raccoon. So the point of that image is not that we are protected, but that we are loved, that we are a part of something important. She says, so maybe it's not safety that keeps us from being unafraid. Maybe what keeps us from being afraid is love. 
It's about knowing where we belong and who we are and where to find comfort. Faith does not bring us safety. The fox is still real. She says maybe the opposite of fear isn't bravery. Maybe the opposite of fear is love. In other words, we are not going to help anyone heal and move forward from all of this by being afraid. But we're also not going to help by blaming people or hiding behind faith as some sort of spiritual face mask to keep us from getting infected. I need to get a t-shirt that says something like, prayer doesn't excuse you from washing your hands. I have a feeling that when all of this is said and done, church is going to look a bit different than it did before. And that's a good thing. That's an exciting thing. We have a chance to be a community of love in the face of fear in all sorts of new and different ways. We as faith communities get to spit in the mud. Again, not literally, please, not literally. We're learning all sorts of new things right now. We're gaining new sight, just like the blind man healed by Jesus in John 9. Y'all, we had well over 200 people in church with us on Sunday morning last week. That's like five times the number of people we have any given week in both of our services combined. And I'm sure many of those are folks whose churches did not have an online presence last week who were unable to or weren't, weren't able to scramble quickly enough. Maybe people for whom coming into a church in person is intimidating or off-putting. Whoever you are, we're glad you're with us. There is something really sweet and important about using technology to our advantage right now. And I think that something new and wonderful is happening in the midst of everything that's going on around us right now. We're testing out new ways of keeping in touch. Someone mentioned to me the other day, she's hearing from people she used to babysit years ago that she thought had forgotten about her. We're reconnecting to people in new ways that we haven't done, or sometimes in old ways that we haven't used in quite some time. Dear ones, keep looking for the new site. Keep looking for unexpected healing and connection because that's going to be our touchstone to sanity, (laughs) to uh, joy, to abundant life during this time. It's a terrifying time to be church, but it is an exciting time to be church. And I am so honored to be in it with all of you. Amen.